It's episode 232 of Nerd's Eye View for the 7th of July. Hope everyone had a wonderful 4th of July. You saw lots of fireworks, ate lots of barbecue. I'm Jordan. I'm joined by Andrew and Tom. How are you both doing? Hi. Hi. All right, sounds good. Let's get into the show. It's box office top 10. What are we going to talk about? Oh, yeah, we're reviewing yeah. Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Yes. With uh, Before that, we've got new releases. After that, we've got Guess the Ending. You're doing it all out of order. Yeah. You're like a madman. I'm going crazy. Also, we started doing a new thing I think we should mention. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, so we're going to have our little intro section of our review where we talk about the film in general. We talk about our impressions of the film itself and the actors, whether we like their performances or not. And then we'll give you our idea of whether or not you should go see it and tell you why we think that. And then... After the rest of the show, we're going to have our discussion section where we're going to get down to the nitty gritty and talk about all the details that make this film interesting or not. Good. All right. Let's get to the top 10. All right. Count me down. I feel 10. <laughs> Dope. Uh, but I wouldn't if I was in number nine. Mean Daryl and the Dying Girl. Because it takes place in number eight. San Andreas. We could stop it if we had a number seven. Spy. But not if they're named six. Max Furry Road. (laughs) (laughs) Who's hanging out with number five? Ted Two. Uh, Because they wanted to see number four. Magic Mike 30. (laughs) (laughs) Who's uh, in a constant struggle against number three? Dominator Genesis. And if you see that, you'll be number two. Inside out. Especially if you visit number one. Jurassic Park 5. <laughs> Four. Uh, yeah, that one. <laughs> Good job, Tom. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a little surprised. Right? I thought Inside Out could beat him. Yeah. But by a hair. So close. Yeah. I mean, technically. They both it made 30 mil. Right. Yeah. So we've got our mix of, which is what I talked about a couple of weeks back. We've got our adults with their young kids, and then we've got our adults with their older kids. Yep. And, and they're going to see adults with their uh, grown adult children. Yep. No, they're seeing Magic Mike. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to. I don't want to confess to a crime here, but I did buy tickets for some uh, a group of girls who wanted to go see Magic Mike without a parent today. Ooh. Um, you ride that pony. <laughs> And uh, they're like, so you're saying you're a criminal? That's what you just admitted. Well, no, because if someone <laughs> over 25 is with them, it's fine. But I just bought them the tickets, and I said, enjoy your movie. Uh huh. Yep. Okay. Look, if teenage women cannot <laughs> teenage go <women>. see, <laughs> all right. Hey, hey, you can be a teenager and still a woman. 19, 18. Well, if we believe Britney Spears, you mm-hmm. could be not yet a girl yep. and not yet a woman. Right. Mm-hmm. They just need time. And if they want to watch Magic Mike 30, then uh, you know what? I say this is a free country. Okay. Yeah. All right? And especially when you look at this past weekend, you know, Independence Day. Look, everyone has the right. Yeah, it's better than looking at Arnie's ass. Yeah, you actually don't in this movie. What? There's a lot of uh, sh- I thought that was contract. Every shadows. Movie there's there's shadows. <laughs> like, it, you're like, how is there a shadow at night? But there's definitely shadows. Oh. Bummer. Can yeah. you compete? Now, that'll be explained in the sequel. The Shadow was another bigger Terminator oh, behind it. him. Yep. Yeah. The, the villain well, from it, Greenland. It's actually encasing the whole world. Mm-hmm. The super Terminator. Mm-hmm. And and uh, he like he likes to eat planets. Yeah. Th- they call him the world Terminator. 
and you look up in the sky and you think it's he's a moon so, and you say so that's sad. no moon that's no moon all right that's a galactus you're hel- well, you're hilarious <laughs> combining but all you're the combining things. all the bad movies together and i don't appreciate it uh, <laughs> are you offended i'm a little offended. okay yeah. uh yeah. yeah so we've reviewed uh quite a few of the films here right yep. so what were your thoughts magic mike 30 uh, did you actually see it no i did not oh, see that okay. i oh that was not one of them I saw 10, 9, 7, 3, 2, and 1. Ah. So you, you're only one up on me. I have, yeah. not, I have not seen Terminator. I haven't seen Max, San Andreas, Magic Mike, or Ted 2. I have no desire to see any of those films. Neither do I. <laughs> uh, you know. What do you think about this opening weekend numbers for Magic Mike? Wow. I did uh, not. That I it's mean, so low? Yeah. You think that's... I mean, that's pretty low. I don't know how much money did the first one make? It was at least over a hundred. I remember that. But on the, on the opening weekend, I don't remember no. opening weekend. And maybe it made thirty. Because I remember the thing was, it was like the one of the only time in history where two films open that were rated R open uh, with over like twenty million or something. Magic Mike made thirty nine million that weekend. Yeah. Wow! And this is debuting. Uh, it it actually opened up Wednesday morning, hmm. like you know how they've the the morning Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they've been pushing back. Like it was before Friday at midnight. You'd have to go. Then it was Thursday at midnight. Then it was Wednesday at midnight. Now you can go all day Wednesday mm-hmm. to see the movie that's supposed to open up that following weekend. And that's why the numbers are kind of crazy here. It's got an eleven point six for the weekend, but a twenty six point six because it's not taking into account Wednesday and Thursday. Sure. So a bunch of people saw it those days, but still. Yeah. Uh, I mean, y- you could also say the first Magic Mike is a Soderbergh film, so right. you might get a couple of Soderbergh people in there. And uh, and it was this one's not. It was more of a critical hit. I remember, like a lot of people liked the content of it because it was more than just scantily clad dudes. Like there yeah. was a story, there was characters, there was interesting stuff in there for people yeah. who just weren't there for that. And I don't know what's in this one. I've that heard it's a lot of bumping and grinding. Right. Tom, have you seen the first one? Yeah. Hmm. I saw the first one, too. Oh, I enjoyed well, it. I'm alone. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Yeah. Okay. Interestingly, it's actually like, it's more than what it looks like. Whereas I'm this sure. looks like exactly what it looks like. It saying. looks like a sequel. Right. Uh. <laughs> why do you think, that it would, it, it, do you think it'll make sense when you when you watch it, why it's XXL? Is it like extra, extra large? There's probably just more dudes in it. Is that... You think that's what they're going for? Or they maybe they got an Andre. <laughs> they maybe they got the dude from Game of Thrones. Because they're going to go they the four hundred pound. They got Hodor. No, no, the mountain. They got Hodor, Tom. No, the mountain. <laughs> the uh, the guy who's actually four hundred pounds and he's like seven nine. You know the actual. <laughs> I like the idea of Hodor <laughs> no, joining the Magic Mike like crew. <laughs> and he just says Hodor on stage the whole time. I don't like yes. it at all. I don't. Yeah. I'm not enjoying that image. Please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, the mountain. mountain. Yeah, it's a birth. And then his 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 brother, the goat. What is this? <laughs> is it his brother? Do you want to about the hound? The hound. Uh, yeah. Are you a, are you a throner? Yeah. Okay. I read the books. Hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah, I got nothing else. Yeah. Uh, surprising. Uh, I mean, Inside Out and Jurassic World are still strong up at thirty million. They beat both of this week's debut movies. Um. Yeah, I just think that's that's crazy. Good for them because yeah. uh, Jurassic World, it's all right, but Inside Out is really good. So mm-hmm. I'm happy people are seeing it. Yeah. All right, uh, all right. do it. All right, new releases this week. 
on DVD and Blu-ray and DVD only, because they're all pretty much the same, we have none. Now on to Blu-ray. Really? Nothing's coming out? Do you want to talk about Maggie? Yeah, I think it's Maggie looks interesting. N- nothing that I thought was worthy of us talking about. I think I Maggie. To, to look, a lot a of people. Pace. A lot of people were talking about Maggie. Said it's a really interesting take because mm. it's a zombie movie where, uh, like, the world hasn't been destroyed because of zombies. Zombies is a thing that's happened, and the world reacted and contained it, and now it's viewed like any other sickness, any other virus. It's something that people get, and when they get it, they're contained and killed before they can infect others. And it's about one father's struggle mm. in a, like a farm area he, where he finds out his daughter is infected. And he happens to be Arnold. And he needs to decide like what he's going to do about it. Whether or not he her. can kill his own daughter or if he's going to try and keep her alive or whatever. Like, also, I've heard good things. Uh, if you're intrigued in, in a premise like that, uh, look up Fido. Yeah, I've heard about that. It's a zombie film huh. where zombies are made into useful. Into pets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've heard about that. Uh, which is kind of covered by <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. At the end of the movie, they have sure. them like returning carts at the grocery store and mm. stuff. Um, also, typically in the DVD, in this section is where I put stuff that I know we've talked about on the show, uh, we reviewed on the show. Man, hey, I would have reviewed it. And, I mean, there's nothing. There was really You nothing. just have hate for Arnold, so you don't want to yeah. talk about it. I just have I don't know Arnold fatigue. Deep-seated anger comes fatigue. from. When was the last time you saw an Arnold movie? Well, I, t- I told you, I just watched Conan the Barbarian. I'm talking about before that, like I mean, recently. What's a recent Arnold film I've watched? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know what kind of fatigue. Fatigue denotes that you're just... I'm just tired of just... hearing, like, he was our governor. We're, yeah. we're Californians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was our governor. I see that. And then he came out of the gover- governing. What, what do you call that? <laughs> he uh, stopped governing? Yeah. <laughs> he stopped being a governor, mm-hmm. and uh, then he came back to films. And he, th- he just did that kept before making... he left, though. He was in The Expendables for like five minutes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But they yeah, and the Expendables. I'm just like I, do, I do not care about the Expendables. Well, I haven't watched. One I've since seen the first, the first one, one, and it was so boring. Yeah, like to me, it was boring. Okay, I just I know people like action movies, but I was just like, what's the point of? It's like if you if you have 20 stars in a film, it's kind of like where's this? There's no yeah. room for anything else. It's just, just a dumb have all these egos ensemble, and faces see, pushing each other out of the way. I think certain genres work for ensemble castes, mm-hmm. casts, and action movies don't. No, like comedies do. Yeah. Right. Because in a comedy, do. you can have one funny character just show up, do a funny scene, and you're done. Yeah. But in an action movie, you want to follow this one right. badass guy. Right. And uh, or, when you have too lady. many, it just takes the spotlight off of all of yeah. them and just kind of makes it all dim. But uh, I can see that. But I just I don't feel the fatigue. I guess. Okay. And uh, had you seen Conan I mean, the Barbarian before? No. Oh man, so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good though. Hey. Huh. So good. Well, you know, I like that Max von Sydow showed up. Um, <laughs> I think I should rewatch it, and we should. Uh, oh, <laughs> you always want to do bonus episodes. I love bonus episodes. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm just complacent with Schwarzenegger at this point. He exists. That's all I care about. Yep. I don't have a problem with him existing. Like I feel like there was a like when he did when he went into comedy when he did Kindergarten Cop oh, and, and I love uh, Kindergarten no, no, Cop. No, no, no. But listen, listen, listen. When yep. he went into that. It was something exciting and new because yes. he was this, you know, buff action guy, and then all of a sudden he's doing comedy, comedy, right? Where maybe he's making the jokes, or maybe sometimes he is the joke, right? And it's like, okay, and he's totally cool with being the joke. That's a that's a reinvention that I can get behind, but right? And I don't, I feel like there's nothing new going on. It's just more of the same, and it's not I don't even, know. It never interested me in the first place. From his point of view, I'm like, he was a governor for a long time. He couldn't do films. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He had to focus on his job, yeah, or whatever. And then he got out, and he's like. 
I love making movies. I just want to keep making... Let's make a bunch of movies. And he jumped headlong into it, and I'm not going to be upset at like, a guy who's I, doing that. Yeah, I The feel, Last Stand was not The Last Stand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like I would have liked uh, or been interested in Maggie if it wasn't Arnold. That's honestly the only like, thing. Like, who would you replace him with? I don't... Anybody. Anybody. But see, that's a, that's a film... Like, I agree with that. You could take any... Good actor, or even an L, a, uh, like a not well-known actor. Or even actor. like a Sam character Worthington? actor. Like, I think you could pick like a character actor. Like someone really? who's never been... Really? you to do that? I just, I'd connect everything together. You want to bring him back? <laughs> bring it back to something we talked about before the show. Yeah. Um, I just feel like people saw that and went, that was really good, and wow, that was Arnold. Like, mm. that it, was, it being him was a surprise. And the fact that he did it, either one of the reasons why I heard he did it is because mm. he has kids. So oh, it's something boy. that it's he could connect with. <laughs> when yeah. when actors get hey, look, have children, then look, they start peering in. Uh, I believed his father, anger, and excitement mm. in the movie Commando. So don't even start with me about how he doesn't have fa- he hasn't been a father in movies before. <laughs> okay, I got a question for you. Who's your daddy, and what's he do? Exactly. Great movie. I love yeah. that movie. And you said we'd have nothing to talk about with Maggie. I didn't want to. Talk <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to talk. I didn't about want to talk about it. <laughs> And finally, on Blu-ray, The Kel. I like this movie. That's a great film. Yeah. I uh, really, 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 really like it. And Is it about cameras? I've loved everything that that director has done that I've seen. Um, it's about a woman who's a social worker, psychologist, yep. therapist, yep. who... Um, is working for a company that's developing a way of uh, neural linking two people together. So kind of going into people's minds who have communication problems so that they can connect on a level that they can't do physically. And um, the FBI contacts them because a serial killer um, is in a coma and they can't find the last person that he murdered. Uh, or kidnapped and was planning on murdering. So they establish a neural link and she goes into the mind of a serial killer. Mm. And it is visually incredible. Yeah, they basically, it's it's Tarsum Singh. Okay. And uh, he did The Fall. Better yet, Mirror Mirror. All right then. And uh, <laughs> he did, he, uh, in the in the mind of the serial killer, basically he takes like, paintings and brings them to life and it's it's really great it's incredible like and Tarsum is, um, he knows how to make a good the serial killer is vincent d'onofrio okay who i believe is a really good actor and uh funny enough the therapist is uh jennifer lope yeah jennifer lope uh jennifer lopez and uh mark ruffalo's in it as well and oh, right. he's really good in it. But the and then Vincent he's the FBI is the, guy. Vincent D'Onofrio is the serial killer, right? And that's really cool. It's it's uh, as someone who likes psychological stuff and the study of the mind, they touch on a lot of really interesting concepts. It's it's a smarter movie than it had any right to be, and just visually arresting. So. Okay. All right, then Freebirds. Oh, Firebirds. Oh. Did I type sure. it wrong? No, nope. oh, I wrote it, read it wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is uh, a movie where we're going to play a little game uh, where you guys are going to guess what the hell this movie is about. Um, I'm trying to figure out what I what what should be the clues. All right. So, okay. I'm going to give you... Hmm. Okay. So, so, starting with Tom. Uh, so, you know the film is called Firebirds. Right. Would you like... Um, the three leads, three actors' names, or would you like 
the quote from the critic on the cover. Are we talking John Lovitz the critic or? Uh, I can't read <laughs> it which, which newspaper or film reviewing entity wrote this, but I like this quote. Um, let's see. This is an interesting uh, yeah. decision. Firebirds. Firebirds. Yeah, I'm giving you three names or the, the quote on okay. the cover. I'll just go with the names because okay. I want to hear the quote eventually, but I want to see if I can just... Right, right, right. Yeah. It's the three idea. names are Nicolas Cage, Ooh. Tommy Lee Jones, Ooh. and Sean Young. <laughs> that almost gives you a clue as to when this film is from, because, <gasps> oh, as you know... I have to bounce out. I've seen this movie. You've seen this movie? I've seen this movie. Oh, no. I've got to bounce out. All right, Tom, then I'll, I can also give you the quote if I you want. I love this movie. Since Jordan cannot play. So it's Nicholas Cage, and who's the second one? Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. I tell, and he's going to tell you the quote, since I can't play anyway. Do you okay. want the quote, or do you want the challenge? I can handle the quote. Okay. <laughs> the quote is, if you enjoyed Top Gun, you'll have a great time. Okay. Oh, I love this movie <laughs> so much. So, um... That's insane. I've never heard of this film. I have. <laughs> is, late night TV. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looks. Look at the. I mean, look at the cover. For I God's love sake. it. I love. That's uh, such a funny movie. I'm gonna tell you about one part in particular that's especially hilarious. Okay, Tom. What is Firebirds about? It's about two homosexuals in the military. Hmm? Interesting. Because hmm? that's where the fire comes in, <laughs> and they fly in planes. Do they have gonorrhea or something? Actually, Air Force. I mean, Air Force. No, they're f- flamers. Oh. Yeah. Uh, are you ready for what it really is? Might as well. I can do it. Army lovers and their task force leader. Join the drug war in Apache <laughs> assault helicopters. What is the part that you want to tell us? About? Uh, so Tom or, or Nicholas Cage, he's uh, he loves. He's really like amazing in this. jets, and he's that like a Disney movie. He's <laughs> he's a really good pilot, but unfortunately, when they start training him in Apache helicopters, the way their guidance system works and everything, it goes over one eye, and it's got a heads-up display on that eye, mm-hmm. and he's not dominant in that eye. Oh. So Tommy Lee Jones uh, trains him to switch his eye dominance by tying uh, a pair of panties over his face and blocking one of his eyes, and they put a periscope on that one eye that's up, and he's got to drive around the base all day for like a week with the off-dominant dominant eye until he's able to drive normally without hitting stuff. Mm. And it's actually a really cool movie because the Apache helicopter stuff is pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> I like to imagine Nick Cage like suggested that penny host yeah. himself. He's like, I already got him. Let me. He takes him <laughs> out of his pocket. If it wasn't even in the script, he no. was just like, "This isn't my dominant eye for real." Yeah, I read this in a there's, magazine. There's to do no the way pantyhose. I wouldn't be able to do this. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't believe it. So let's do this. Yeah. Wow. Right. Then on TV, it's a really bad '80s movie that I, <laughs> that I really like. Uh-huh. On TV, we have Bitten, the complete second season. Do we want to play? Has Jordan watched this? It's your call. Do you want to do them for both? We can just do it quick. I want to do it for both. Uh, I don't even s- know what this is. Uh, I like to guess with the TV, whatever's new on TV, whether or not Jordan has so watched this show. I will let you know I've heard of both of these. Uh-huh. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I am aware of both of these shows. So I know what they are. Okay. So you can, we'll just take that into consideration. Is it about a girl who gets bitten by a dog and has superpowers? No, it's a kind of a soap opera thing with um, vampires and werewolves. That's oh, that's I'm going to say you haven't seen Bitten. Uh, no. No. But you have Screw seen Crinkland and Bash. Yeah. It's funny. Hey, it's pretty funny. To that, I, I watched some of the first season, but I I didn't keep with it. But it's funny. They're really uh-huh. they're really good. Those actors are really good together. They're sure. funny. 
Sure. Are they on? Is that on TBS? No, it's USA. Is that where I also Rizzoli and Isles is? That's where I all think, the yeah. ends are. Yeah, USA no, all, all of the, the pairs. Yeah. What's the other? What's the other law show? That's that's a uh, Law and Order. Oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Suits. I thought they also had their names. Suits in the was title. pretty great. Juliana watches Suits. Suits is good. I'm not super into it. Suits is pretty good. It's all right. Yeah, no these these actors are very funny together. Yeah, yeah. I like <laughs> Breckenmeyer. They're very funny. Yeah. And then uh, doesn't Kamal show up on Franklin and Bash sometimes? Do I look like I care? Well, wow. <laughs> well. All right, I then. thought Tom was Mr. Comedy over here. I am. I watch good comedy. Ooh. You don't like, um, what's it called? Silicon Valley? Is that what it's called? It's all right. I just think there's too much meandering and it gets I honestly, when I said that title right now, I thought, that can't be the title. That's such Silicon a dumb Valley, title. Yeah. Um, it likes to <laughs> rest in its awkwardness and yeah. it's just not enjoyable in those parts. Yeah, but it then, likes to do it a lot. Then the guys they took to replace a dead guy aren't as interesting. Oh, okay. Hmm. I shouldn't just cancel the show, huh? I don't know about that. There's value in it, but they haven't topped the dick joke from the end of the first season. Yeah, they they have some really good commentary on what's going on in technology, but yeah. it, there's, there's just some bad choices here and there. Yeah. All right. Uh, where do we go to get those things? Check out your local video store. Uh, all right. Uh you know what you should check out is a little podcast that I do called Pick Your Path. Uh, every month, uh, B- Benson and David King and I, uh, we've been releasing new episodes of this uh, choose-your-own-adventure-style podcast that's an enhanced podcast uh, where you you make the choices in the story uh, that we have written. It's a fully scripted show. And uh, you can check it out at benviewnetwork.com slash PYP if you're a fan of uh, choose-your-own-adventure stories. Go ahead and check that out. What's that? Our review's coming. What? Right now? Are, are you sure? In a minute, we'll be back with our review of me, me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Uh. I have no idea how to tell this story. I don't even know how to start it. This is the story of my senior year of high school and how it destroyed my life. Your father and I want to talk to you about something sad. Rachel Kushner has been diagnosed with leukemia. That sucks. It sucks. It sucks quite a bit. You might be someone who could make Rachel feel better. I don't need your stupid pity. I'm not here because I pity you. I'm actually here because my mom is making me. <laughs> it's actually worse. Everyone was going to find out sooner or later. One thing you can do if you don't want to talk to anyone is just enter a subhuman state. Pretend you're someone annoying. Oh, hi, Rachel. I'm really sorry you have cancer. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. So if this was a touching romantic story, our eyes would meet and suddenly we would be furiously making out with the fire of a thousand suns. But this isn't a touching romantic story. Anyway. Yep. Who is this little friend? Earl's just my coworker. I've known him since kindergarten. What you got, cat? Wanna fight? Then think so, punk ass cat. See you and Greg are co-workers? Nah, we friends. Dude's terrified of calling somebody his friend. Dude's got issues. But how are you co-workers? We make films. Movies? They're terrible. Greg, you never told me. The idea behind each one was, we took a film that we liked, and we made the title stupider, and then made a new film to reflect the new title. It's a formula that only produces horrible films, but for some reason we keep using it. You need to make a film for Rachel. Hi, Rachel. I don't really know you, but I believe in you. I know you're Jewish, but God has a plan for you. Out of all the people in the school, I don't hate you. 
guys were making a movie for me. We tried a bunch of stuff and it's not that good. Now is not the time for your, I'm Greg, I suck, nothing I do is any good thing. We agreed to do a film that we have no idea what it should look like or even be. What was I thinking? I'm so tired of you treating this girl like she a burden. Because somebody actually cares about you, her life is over after this. Life can keep unfolding itself to you just as long as you pay attention to it. It was the best of times. <laughs> Worst of times. It's so much harder than I thought it would. It was life. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Directed by Alfonso Gomez Rejon. Written by Jesse Andrews. Based on the novel by Jesse Andrews. Oh. Starring some people. I didn't write those down. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm going to say... The only, I only recognize a few actors and actresses, right? Well, of course, We've Nick Offerman. A- like, oh. all the side characters are, are so pretty well. Good, Connie yeah. Britton, Nick Offerman, John Bernthal. Uh, Robert De Niro yeah. pops up for one second. The Oop. next... Uh, Robert De Niro. Oh, sure. The next uh, Punisher. Yeah, I thought he was great. Well, let's let's start. What is this film about? Uh, it's a it's a high school senior is uh, forced to befriend a girl who has just been diagnosed with cancer uh, who's in his class, and uh, you know things happen. Yeah, but not maybe not in a fun way. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a couple of I mean, uh, read one of your points. Y'all thought all your points are good. Oh, okay. Yeah, you actually talking. talked about what the film's about. My my points were just like visually to me at first. I thought, is this trying to be a Wes Anderson movie? And right. Then, and then yeah, I thought, I no, too. it's not quite, but it's somewhere. It's somewhere on that level. Um, I would almost say that the visual stuff, whenever it popped into stop motion animation or something like that, we were more getting a view of the main character in his mind's eye and the way he thinks about film and storytelling and setting up a scene because of his. The fact that he's uh, a budding young filmmaker and uh, we were just kind of getting a view into his mind. Mm. And that happens several times throughout the film whenever uh, he's making a metaphorical connection to what's happening in his life. Mm. We see an animation showing what he thinks is happening and how he feels. But I even think beyond that, just the way that certain scenes were shot like, and right. the way that the, the, set, the sets were like decorated. Like it, mm-hmm. There was a lot of details. There was symmetrical of, stuff going on. Yeah, a lot of uh, lines that went up and down. And, mm-hmm. and uh, especially when, when we, the, we get to the school for the first time, all the hallways like curve in and out of right. each other in a way that I've never seen at a school and, ever before in my life. And... What I loved about that is that also, I mean, we have in ourselves a narrator. Mm. Like, he is 100% narrating this movie. Well, sure. So, everything we are seeing, we're seeing him from his perspective. So, how does he view that Mm. school? He views it as this horrible place that he's got to keep his head down in until he can get through it. And he hates being there and he hates those people. Mm. And it's this place that he just hates. I mean, he eats lunch in a teacher's, you know, little side room. Yeah. And it's because he doesn't want to be there mm-hmm. so how does the school look the school looks like this disruptive winding mm-hmm. uncomfortable place for him and that's how we see it when he's showing it in the beginning it's yeah. this labyrinth that he's trying to get out of tom anything um sorry we're getting into details already. well no it's the visual okay mm-hmm. well if we're talking about visuals i was more I didn't really pay attention to like the visual cues. I was more okay. into the soundtrack, which was very odd because it would just reference 400 blows mm-hmm. and a few hundred, four few dollars more. 
then there were a few other things I missed, but it's like, oh, those are interesting choices. But to me, it was this movie is a lot more stimulating than it is interesting because like got all these various references that oh, it's like, chock I like full that, of I like it. that, yeah. but. To me, the story at the center is just not that interesting. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, the references all seem to come from uh, a place where the two main characters, uh, Greg and Earl, um, they've spent uh, most of their childhood uh, all the way up through high school making uh, kind of parody films, kind yeah. of, uh, you know, they take a, a f- classic film title and they, you know, make it dumb and then they <laughs> film that. Uh, which a lot of those I thought were really funny. Um, even even the ones that I didn't actually see the, the original film, I just knew, <laughs> I just kind of knew what the title was. Uh, yeah. Like, what was it? Like, 2.48 p.m. Cowboy? Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen Midnight Cowboy, but <laughs> it was just really funny to see Earl walking in a cowboy <laughs> outfit just yeah. down the street. In the middle of the day at yeah. 2.48 p.m. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but there was like uh, uh, when they were introducing that concept, they kind of uh, they they did an uh, I thought a neat little thing where they showed part of the whatever that Werner Herzog film Burn was. Of dreams. Yeah, and then they showed when they did a version of it, it was you know uh, Greg doing the same speech, but just for a different reason. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I but do you think that was done? Uh, do you think um, like in the original book or or the the author? Um, really love those films or do you think that came from a place of like oh these films are dumb let me make fun of them oh uh, they're not dumb in any way a lot of those are great movies yeah but do you think what do you think the either the author or like Greg and Earl what it, like how do you think they came at it um because I think that that is really something when like I remember when I when I decided like yeah I really like movies and I want to watch the good ones. I want to watch like all, all of them and the good ones. Yeah. Like, of, of course you go to criterion collection first, which is, I think a lot of the films that they reference are right. uh, in the criterion or, or adjacent in some way via director or, or, you know, I think they just like use that as a way to figure out who they are as people. like making these weird movies that don't make sense. Like teenager, you have no idea of really what you're doing with yourself as an artist. So mm-hmm. why not just rip off people you love and figure it out from there? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we mentioned, uh, or you mentioned before, Jordan, the the film is narrated, right? And I can honestly say I'm very tired of this concept, and I wish that films set uh, during a senior year of high school would stop doing this, mm-hmm. where the narration is their letter to the school explaining their life. And I think blah, blah, blah. I think that maybe <laughs> something that we're more affected by because we just watched a movie that also did that. What are you talking about? Dope. Well, no, and I mean, I can even go back. Like, uh, I think Whiplash did it, and uh, I just started one? watching Whiplash. I've that was all about Whiplash doesn't do it. Though. Yeah, there's what no. What was the other one that did no... it then? It's something that annoyed me. Um, Breakfast Club. Well, when it comes down to it, like, yeah, that was it's their never, letter to colleges. Yeah. It's never been better than Ferris Bueller, so they just need to stop, right? Who cares? No, I just like because most of the time those do you, those don't even sound like the kinds of things you'd write to a college like if you actually sent one of those letters to a college they'd be like yeah this is dumb crumple it up throw it well, away that, like it's supposed to be inspiring to the audience but to me it just uh, comes off as like that's like the movies where you're just ripping people off and trying to make something insightful that's not really with purpose i almost want to disagree with you guys completely because i had to write one of those emails to a college not an email, but like the essay. They're right. This is like their essay. Well, not necessarily, because I wrote an essay and wrote a separate letter, which mm. is just like what he wrote. Like he already he already wrote an essay mm. for his 
uh, to be admitted. He mm. was already admitted. Mm. This is not another essay. This is this is why my life got turned upside but he, down. But he sent that <laughs> film. Yeah, he sent the film so she the... would so they would understand. Like it was, it's kind of his like thesis. It's 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 his like. His taking everything he's learned as a filmmaker and it, he put it into something, mm. and it's you know yeah I don't want to get into it because it's it's better for the detail portion but like I had to write because my grades and my attendance in college were horrible they're still horrible mm. because of my physical condition mm. and I've had to write letters like this and they do get this personal mm. like I have to go into detail of like this mm. is why my grades went to crap mm. this is why I was never in class. And I'm sorry, but like, this is kind of my life, and it's not a it's not a reflection on who I'm a, as a person, just something that I experienced. Hmm. So I can kind of understand why he wrote this one. Now, in Dope, it was an essay. Yeah, he was writing this essay, and yes, that was very in your face about it. That was very like this is the message of this film, and we're going to yeah. hit you in the head with a hammer about Pretty it, much, right? Yeah, Thor hit somebody in the head, and it said message on the side of the hammer. Yeah. Uh, instead of Mjolnir. But uh, but in this, this is just him saying, this is what happened in my life, and this is why I stopped going to school. Mm. And as someone who's had to write a letter like that, I'm not going to hold it against this film, because that was a very okay. realistic depiction. I think it just, um, I, I don't like narration anyway. So I, just, I, No, no, no. I completely understand When, when that. they come up with well, what I consider like a hollow reason to narrate a film. Well, one of your like main a, interests is watching a Werner Herzog documentary. You're going to get a lot of narration. But those are documentaries. Like <laughs> yeah, they and it influenced him to narrate his own life. But in narration in like a like a scripted film, it's it kind of always feels weak to me. Yeah, It's like a, a film should be able to speak for itself unless, you know. Unless there is a conceit like like where it's like, oh yeah, I'm reading an essay or a letter or something. Uh, documentaries need narration. Otherwise you just... Sometimes. I mean, I don't know. I've seen a couple of documentaries yeah. without narration. The act of killing didn't need it and it was perfectly fine. I should see that. What? Oh, so John Bernthal. I wanted to talk about him. Great character. I thought that... Respect the research. Yeah, that was such a cool character. Because I understood so much about him right away. You see him and you hear him and you understand what's going on this there. This is this is this is the teacher. Yeah. Like uh This is the I, one teacher that they respect. In my mind, like he even maybe he was in prison. Like yeah. I I don't even know what his exact backstory was, but just like It doesn't really matter though. It doesn't matter, but it's like something something has made him so dedicated to to this topic and i don't know it's it's that's such a cool character yep and he loves the pursuit of knowledge and mm-hmm. you can just you get and all he re- of that he, like he respects that these these kids he's like he's like yeah come in here and watch watch your movies whatever mm-hmm. so don't worry about it <laughs> uh and then nick offerman oh. also a professor but different a sociology yeah. professor who's been around the world and now all he does is sit around in a yeah. bathrobe and eat Food from all over the world. I I don't know. I'm kind of getting Nick Offerman fatigue if we're gonna just go on that because <laughs> it feels like every time he's in one of these indie movies, he always plays like that hippie-ish dad who's always a little off and weird. Do you think he's trying to go against type? Because in uh, Parks and Rec, he was he's the so but well, he down American. That too. <laughs> what about Kings of Summer? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that was one of them. Okay, I can't think of. So others. I don't know. I'm just like. Okay, maybe this character is convincing or not, but I'm just over Nick Offerman playing this weird hippie father type of guy. Mm-hmm. 
I almost thought it was weird how there was so much more of Nick Offerman than Connie Britton, the the mother. Right. I feel like there was... She was just there. But but it was kind of obvious because remember he said that his dad kind of set his own hours. Mm. And as a professor, he could have been doing night classes or whatever. Mm. But during the day, he was around. And then his mom was obviously working too. Yeah. So she would only be around sometimes because she'd be at work all day. Mm-hmm. So I could I could kind of see that. But it was good that there was a nice interplay between them, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I will tell you one of the things that I laughed at the most was when um, Greg described Earl as his coworker. Because <laughs> I thought, I, I thought as soon as he said that, I'm like, I've, I've had people like that. You know, that. I'm going to describe had, you like that for the rest of my I've life now, right? People like that. But no, when like when you're going to school and it's like, it's someone that you kind of know from school and it's like, yeah, that's, that's my coworker. Like, that's what it feels. Because to him, to Greg, school was not, like School. a place of learning. It was not right. even like a, pl- a place of anything besides like, I have to go here. It is decreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is my job. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then they like, they became coworkers in more of a sense of they made films together. Right. Like, I kind of like that. Yeah. There's a dual uh, moment of that. I want to say more about Earl and how wonderful he is as a character, but we yeah. can wait till details. Well, I mean, we can just say he's great. He's great. I think... Um, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to say this in a way that makes sense, but what I think I liked most about Earl was that he he felt real. He could have been a caricature. He could have been yeah. a stereotype. Yeah, and he wasn't. He wasn't in a really interesting way. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that even like they could have gone the safe way and just made him like just just like a nothing. Yeah, like, just a dude. Yeah, he could have just been another dude. Just another just another guy with no personality right. or whatever. But no, he was he was very real, and it made it made sense based on like where he came from, or you know that kind of thing. It was it was interesting. It was an interesting interesting character. Yeah. Funny, we haven't talked about the dying girl yet. She's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she did a good job. Uh, Dying? Dying. That's <laughs> in the title. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, I don't know. I feel like, um, for me, some, I don't, I don't even know if I want to call them problems, but but there's something about this film where there's scenes where Greg is getting to know, um, what is her name even? Why can't I remember it right now? Rachel? <laughs> Sperling? Let's go with Rachel. Yeah. Uh, where where they're hanging out, and then he'll have kind of a like a not a dream moment, but like a, like you're saying how how he views life as films, mm-hmm. uh, where he'll say, "If this was a romantic comedy, this is the part where it's Rachel we'd make out." I did it. I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> and the other girl was Madison. Mm-hmm. I got this. Uh, oh, the the moose. The moose. The moose. Yeah, that was kind of a fun visual <laughs> gag. Um. But yeah, and that that kind of bothered me because that was kind of like a that felt uh, Tom's Tom's not gonna like this. That felt too meta. <laughs> yeah, just, like I said, there's a lot of stimulation, but the story itself wasn't that interesting. Mm-hmm. We've seen this movie before, like this, this yeah. movie. I'm just saying, like, oh. the whole the whole people hanging out with a and getting to know a girl who's dying mm-hmm. and like finding worth in that and like it changing that person's life. Yeah, just knowing this person. Mm. This is a movie we've seen. This yeah. is a book we've read. This is like this isn't a new yeah. concept. No, and I I mean what this brings to the concept is a, is a little interesting. I like you know, I like the filmmaking parody aspect. Um I like you know some of the characters, but I think on a whole like by the time I reach the end of this 
journey, I just, I, I wasn't super into it. Right. Yeah. yeah I just, I, could I, see that. I wasn't, I, I wasn't going to go come out of this film and get on this podcast and go, yeah, go see it. Like, I'm just like, yeah, some of it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the hour mark, I was like, when is this going to hurry up? <laughs> Freaking die already. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you're saying in the theater? Well, no, Jeez. not that. Wow, Tom. <laughs> Harsh. Just nothing's going on. The kid's sitting around like, fuck my life. Yeah, I think I think things get really interesting. Uh, uh, I mean, we can get more into the discussion, but when when Greg uh, he goes through some some changes and uh, he kind of stands up for himself, in a sense, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's there's a period of the film uh, after things happen, and then when he p- stands up for himself, and during that thirty minutes or so, I was like, wow, what, where are we going right now? <laughs> like, yeah. can we get going somewhere? Right, please. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was just, I don't know. Are you, did you love it? You love this film? I like I it. Jordan, uh, your, your grading scale always, you know, trends up. Let's just say I've got a curve. Yeah, on There's my grading scale. With the curve. <laughs> no, I think I'm. I think I'm right. I just find uh, pleasure in many things, and I can forgive things mm-hmm. that other people can't forgive. We've talked uh, about this look, many many times. I like sometimes, this movie. I just... sometimes only God forgives. <laughs> Fuck that movie. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I hated this film. I think I just like it's just it's just all a right. movie. It's just yeah, all right. It's just uh, a movie. But but the other thing, a lot of times I'll go to a film like this and then I'll walk out going, "Wow, I really want to see what else so and so did." Or right, right. And it the only one be, beside okay, so John Bernthal. I mean, if he wasn't already going to be the Punisher, this uh, is this yeah. is the movie that where I was like, "Oh, I really got to get into this guy." Because I've only seen him in The Walking Dead, right? Wolf in of Wall uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about isn't that. that. Isn't that a great moment when you remember right. someone's in a film and you're yeah. like, "Yeah, that yeah. was good. That was good." Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, but he was he was I thought really great. And then um, Earl, uh, the the guy who played Earl, um, who I, who I looked up and he this is his first feature film. Wow. And I was like, yeah, I I think he's he's really good, and I you know I would mind seeing him in more things. Right. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. But as for, you know, Greg and Rachel, I was like, eh, give or take, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did their job. Yeah, they were there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they did the thing. Yep. I don't know. Because uh, I think Earl was the really funny parts in all of their 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 parodies. So good. Like, he was always the main guy. <laughs> yeah. It was always really crazy. And I, I really liked Nif- Nick Offerman. Again, he was a caricature, but he fit. Like, there was one, I, I was going to save it for details, but there's one part where he goes, I'm your biggest fan. To his son. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it tells me everything I need to know. I mean, I already liked him as a character, but it just tells me everything I need to know. Mm-hmm. And and that is also taking into account that he's not even allowed to watch those films. He's yeah. maybe never seen, except for what he just saw in that scene mm-hmm. of that film that was on TV at that point. Like, mm-hmm. he's never seen anything, but he's telling his son, like, I'm your biggest fan. Mm-hmm. Like, that's super well done. I really like his mom. Man, the interesting character of Rachel's mom like wow like just the way different people deal with grief and stuff like you want cheese I th- yeah i thought <laughs> my I thought, little mouses yeah like <laughs> or mice or whatever she called yeah them. yeah it was just because he calls himself a modest yeah. mouse. <laughs> where do you come up with this <laughs> so it's a it's, it's a, a band, it's a band. <laughs> um yeah that was quite a character yeah Oof. um okay let's wrap up the review so we can get to the discussion okay so uh yeah, I think it's worth seeing. Um, I feel like my scale is now different as far as how much movie costs because, like, 
I'm pretty broke, broke as just as a person, but now that I have Movie Pass, I can just see movies. Yeah. So, if you have a bunch of disposable income, <laughs> this wouldn't be a bad way to spend a night. But uh, wait until it comes out. Like, it's not something you need to avoid. It's not a horrible movie. Um, it might be boring to some people. Why do you point at me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I didn't point. I kind of waved in your general direction. Um, these a, are, these aren't the droids you were looking for. There's a Tom Jordan scale that that yeah. happens. <laughs> That's what's good. We're on the other side of the tables. Mm. Uh, so um, yeah, I think it's worth. It's worth seeing. I mean, but I've also not seen Fault in Our Stars. Like, I enjoyed, I know it kept bringing it up and hitting it over the head in this movie, but I'm glad that it wasn't a love story. Mm -hmm. Like, it could have easily been, Mm -hmm. and I'm glad that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. So, I think think there's enough interesting stuff in this movie with its commentary on film, with its uh, visual tapestry that it weaves. Like, there's a lot of really interesting visual stuff in this movie, Mm -hmm. and... um, and the soundtrack's interesting because it does pull from a lot of the movies that it talks yeah. about. So I, I think it's worth wa- a watch. Just don't pay full price in a theater, for God's sakes. Tom. Yeah, to to rip off some other guy who reviewed this, um, the initial knowledge I have of this is someone reviewed it as Fallen Our Stars for Criterion fans, and I would argue it's roughly oh. that. Oh, wow. It's yeah. an enjoyable movie. I don't think it's anything new or exciting, but what it does stylistically has some charm, so it's not a total waste. It's kind of a push. So okay. it's a good movie. Cool. Yeah. Um, on my scale, I, I much <laughs> like Jordan over here, I have got movie pass, but I don't think I've ever judged a film based on is it worth you know, paying $12 or $20 or $10. So it's because you're not No, but just Andrew. even the sense of like... Look, I, you've never had to work for your movie ticket. <laughs> I judge a movie based on its merits, not on its value. Not on like, I, I wouldn't I go into a Transformers movie and go, they they paid $400 million for the CGI and that's what it looks like. Like, I go I in there would, and I go, I, I go, the story sucks. And that's, that's how I stop. Yeah, I stop course. right there. Of course. I, I stop mean, when I see the visuals. I don't even need sound. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, I think it comes to a point where, where yeah, like you've said, this is, um, you guys have said this, this is kind of similar to other things that are out there. Um, but I think if, if you're going to go into this, you're going to go in there knowing what, what you're going to see. I mean, based on a title, you know what you're going to see. Yeah. And uh, I think if, if someone was a, a fan of Werner Herzog, I think they'd find something to really enjoy here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in that same sense, I'm a, you know, a casual fan of, of Werner Herzog. Uh, so it was all right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, uh, but, but something about it just it left me unsatisfied, but not in a way that I hated it. Okay. I like that you both have scales. I think it was narration. I think that's what killed it for well, you. Well, it's narration and then like part part of the ending, I'll say. Okay. Uh, well, because it, yeah. All right. Yeah, we talked about it. You mean the wrong person died? <laughs> the wrong kid died. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I can reference Dewey Cox, the, the no, walk hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> yeah. I'll do it. I was going to make a joke of like, that's why they put an X on your arm when you're having surgery to show which arm you should be doing surgery on or not. Like, oh, they they gave the wrong kid chemo. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, all right. So that's it for our review. Uh, if you stick around to the end of the show, you'll hear our discussion. Tom. Yeah. What's coming out new in theaters this weekend? All right. New in theaters this week, we have Minions, Boulevard, <laughs> The Gallows, Self Dashless. And what we did on our holiday. Holiday. Uh, before we play Guess the Ending, uh, let's give out some thanks and appreciation. Uh, first of all, 
to Silent Partner, uh, who did our theme song, Sophomore Makeout. You can find that on the YouTube audio library, along with many other uh, musical sounds, uh, which will delight your ears. And you can use for free in your projects. Uh, and our logo was created by the one, the only, Justin Keyson. He writes uh, at Agents of Guard. That's agentsofguard.com. And uh, you can find lots of different writings there of the uh, nerdy and geeky variety concerning things like films, uh, TV shows, wrestling, you know, every, everything. <laughs> and Comic-Con. Comic-Con's coming up. There's going to be a lot of Comic-Con writings on there, I yeah, feel like. Looking forward to the Magic Mike panel. Sure. That's a thing. It is? Nope. <laughs> nope. Sorry. Um, uh, but yeah, go to agentsofguard.com to read more about that. Uh, and uh, if you like podcasts, like the one that you're listening to, you can hear me and Matt Benson talking about the TV show Community, which I referenced at some point during this episode. You did. And uh, you can you can check that out. Uh, it's called Shut Up, Leonard. It's at shutupleonard.com uh, or, you know... Uh, on the internet somewhere? No, on your on your what do you call those things? Podcast apps. Ooh, what apps. Are, why are you saying ooh? <laughs> you said crazy. You got really excited. I'm so excited for you. Yeah, I wanted you to get excited, and then you got so excited that I thought, <laughs> you, wait, why are you so excited? Wait, wait, I don't understand. I just said podcast app. Um, so go check that out if you like community. Uh, and uh, Tom, yeah, what do you do on the internet? Well, I do quite a few things on the internet. First off, I write over at OptiGrab.org, and I usually write about TVs and movies there, like right now, reviewing all the episodes to Season 3 of Orange is New Black, Masters of Sex comes back next week, also doing Marin, and whatever this summer decides to throw at me. So check out OptiGrab.org. Also write reviews of different movies and thingamajigs, and I don't hit my microphone there. And um, I also write about similar topics at Read Wave on Mondays and Wednesdays, so check that out. And I have short stories. There's a whole bunch from free to two ninety nine on Amazon, Smashwords, Barnes Noble. There's too many to name, and the names are all long, and it's going to take up too much time. So just type in Thomas M. Willett. You'll find me somewhere. So check it out. Jordan. Oh, I do things. Yeah? On the internet. Um, I was going to record on 4th of July, but I ended up having plans. You ended up going to a party. Go figure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the on the 11th, I will be streaming Splatoon on the Wii U, which is a wonderful, I just saw you bought that. a wonderful little game. Splatoon. Splatoon. It's about uh, little squid boys and girls. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Who uh. shoot ink everywhere. Oh, I thought it was like Platoon, but everyone did the splits. Uh, it's Platoon, but everyone's a squid. So oh. it's Splatoon. Not as interesting. <laughs> maybe, maybe the splat is more like the paint makes yes, a splat. It's or everything. Or the ink, whatever you can call it. It's multiple words put together. Sure. Yep. It's all uh, the words put together. All of the words in the English language have been put together, and we've come up with... Splatoon. Good. Bum, okay. bum. Uh, that's going to be on the 11th uh, at 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. So come hang out. We are also have people streaming on the 7th and the 9th at the same time. Don't know what they're playing, but it's a very communal thing. Uh, you show up, you type into the chat, and we are 100% going to respond with you. And we have all types of interesting discussions that range all over the place, not just about video games. So come on by. We'll have a good time. Uh, you can also check out all the other great podcasts on the Benview Network. Uh, that includes stuff like Popsicles. Uh, and that's it. That's the only <laughs> one. 
No, I'm kidding. There's Benview on Spielberg. What? There's Comic Nerds yeah. Unite. Star Wars Nerds Unite. Is Friday Night Film Fights back? Uh, not yet, I don't think. Oh, they need to hurry up. They're, they're, Look, I don't know what they're doing. I want to listen to their show, uh-huh. so they need to drop whatever they're doing uh-huh. and just start recording. Okay. Right now. You know? They can come over here. They can do it right now. I'll try it. I'll talk to them. Yeah, call them right we'll now. see what's happening. They hey, don't live close Andrew. to here. They do not live <laughs> Andrew, close to here. call them right now. They do not live close okay, to here. Okay, I believe you. I had to go to their place to record my episode with them. It is, it's a bit of a drive. It's a bit of a drive? Yeah. How many hours? No, it's like 40 minutes. It's That's not far. All right. I used to work in LA. You need to... Here's how my Quit distance your- goes. If it's over 30 minutes, <laughs> if, boy, that's so if far. If I can't walk there in 30 minutes. No, if I can't uh, drive there in 30 minutes, I'm like, oh, God. You don't know this. I or I don't like car rides. I don't like really? long car rides. Oh, like, okay. If I have to go somewhere in a long car ride, I want to kill myself. Okay. <laughs> Just like, See, I've driven, I've driven across the United States. No, I've, I've had uh, to drive... Oh, far, and I bet you hated not it, right? Drive, not, not even drive, just be in a car, and it's just like, I just go insane. Just killed you? I just go insane. Uh, like, I used to, my mind. I was a courier I for... I have to take sleeping pills. <laughs> wow. Because uh, I'm much better knocked out than just like bouncing off the man, walls. Man, I used to drive eight hours a day for five days a week. I did that for a year. Oof, that would, I couldn't do that. I ever. loved it. So, BenvyNetwork.com, <laughs> uh, to hear more about, uh, uh, it's, it's we call it Jordan's Drive Time. Jordan's Drive Time. podcast. Uh, we've got plenty of suited dudes. Oh, boy. Uh, so, uh, BenvyNetwork.com, and uh, be sure to check out our, our you know, web- website, NVPodcast.com, and on Twitter, at NVPodcast. And my personal Twitter is at PodcasterAndrew. I'm at TrueValk. OptiGrab. <laughs> That's your code word. Uh all right, so now... <laughs> it's your screen name and also your password. It's time for Guess the Ending. You'll never guess how it ends. You first. Oh, I'm up first. You're first. Oh, boy. Here we go. Let me read the words. Uh, I will be guessing the ending to the film Boulevard. Directed by Dito Montiel. Starring Robin Williams, Bob Odenkirk, Kathy Baker, and Roberto... Benini? Aguirre. Aguirre? <laughs> oh, well. Let me scroll up. A devoted husband. Aguirre. Aguirre. A oh, devoted oh. husband in a marriage of convenience is forced to confront his secret life. All right. So are you ready for his secret life? Yeah. That was it? You got one. You're a cheater. You just did it because it's one sentence. Because <laughs> well, I like the phrase secret <laughs> life. Because you, you know what a secret life is? What? He's a superhero. What? Yeah. Did he say to his wife, where's my super suit? No. So it's a marriage of convenience because actually um, this is, uh, uh, okay, when he started as a superhero, Mm -hmm. this was a woman that he saved (gasps) and they were caught by the tabloids and it was in such a way where it was like they had to pretend like they were getting married so that there would be no, like no one would realize he was a superhero, right? And so they've been married all these years. And she, she's like, I don't know if I'm comfortable being married to a superhero. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I don't do it that much. But he's still doing it. He's still superheroing around. Oh. And uh, actually, um, Bob Odenkirk was his former, um, you know, sidekick. And he gave it up, uh, you know, because he, he grew up. He got older. He was like, <laughs> you know, I'm tired of this. Uh, but he calls him out for one last run at the secret life. And that's where something really unfortunate happens, where uh, Bob Odenkirk actually dies uh, during that superhero encounter, and Robin Williams has to face the facts and go, "I, I couldn't give up this life, and it cost this guy his life." And that's that's why, if you look at the poster, it's like Robin Williams in a car and he looks all serious. That's that scene where he's he's facing the facts. He's like, 
I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give it up, and I gotta turn myself into the police, and I gotta catch the bad guy. It's all three things at once. Well, because the bad guy works for the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, actually yeah. a corrupt police. police captain. Of course. Uh, but then, but you don't know that there's until a, he's in the police yeah, station. Yeah, and there's a double twist ending um, because the wife actually also has superpowers. Because when he saved her, somehow some of them transferred over and over the years by being so close. It's like a Dr. Manhattan like thing. Like radiation? Yeah, it's like radiation, but it's a power. So, All right, Hitch, can I go now? Yeah. It's not Hitch. It's uh, Hitchcock. Hitchcock? <laughs> I know cock is in the title. What? <laughs> it is Hitchcock. Hitchcock. No, it's not Hitchcock. It's, yeah, it is. Uh, I don't... It's uh, <laughs> Hancock. Hancock. Jeez. There it is. Oh. 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 <laughs> hey, where'd that guy come from? All right, who's next? <laughs> it's me. Uh, self slash less. Self slash less. Self slash less. Yeah. Uh, t- our good friend Tarsum Singh, uh, friend of the show, uh, starring <laughs> Ronald Reynolds, Natalie Martinez, uh, Matthew Goody, and uh, Ben <laughs> Kingsley. Uh, uh, an extremely wealthy man dying from cancer. Undergoes a <laughs> radical what? <laughs> Never, no, no, no! Please continue. <laughs> I could do that, but I'm not going to do it. I thought about it. I really did think about it. Okay, sorry. Go on. Um, undergoes. All right, hold on. <laughs> I love that movie. You didn't like the movie he made at the end of that movie? What are you talking about? At the end of uh, Me or All in the Dying we'll Girl? Talk about it off the air. Okay. I like that movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dying from cancer undergoes a radical medical procedure that transfers his consciousness into the body of a healthy young man. But all is not as it seems when he starts to uncover the mystery of the body's origin and the organization that will kill to protect its cause. So, um, basically, he's, you know, excited. Uh, He puts on a suit every once in a while and has got a really bad mouth, but he shows up in other people's comics. And then at, uh, at some point... He he finds out that there's this like secret place where um, all these uh, bodies are coming from, and he goes there and he finds out that like everyone's got numbers, and um, they all believe that they're on an island, and uh, you know he helps free them, so that's cool. But then when they come back out, uh, everything is not as it seems. Um, so he kind of leads these people, but they find out that uh, they're going to die soon. So it's more about how um, with all of his money and his wealth and stuff like that, he ends up developing a thing that prolongs the life of all the people he ends up saving. So that's how he becomes selfless because up to that point, he'd been living a life only for himself. But once he realized like where everything had come from and like how selfish he had been, where he wanted to keep living, that he now had a new golden life where he was going to help these people and uh, stop the organization. And uh, by the end of the movie, he does. And everyone's happy, and he's uh, um, hangs out with uh, Black Widow. And it's real, it's real nice. All right. And then what we did on our holiday. It follows Doug and Abby as they take their kids on a family vacation. Surrounded by relatives, the kids innocently reveal the ins and outs of their family life and many intimate details about their parents. It's soon clear that when it comes to keeping a big secret under wraps from the rest of the family, their children are this biggest liability. So we got Doug and Abby, and they're a loving couple, and they don't keep secrets from each other, so they're all happy and stuff. But the big secret is 
Abby murdered her ex-husband and then got stuck with the other guy. I'm trying to remember Gone Girl. Um, <laughs> but it's basically Gone Girl sequel. And um, the kids somehow overhear this from the other room and they're like, Mommy killed a guy. And so they're like trying to figure out how they can put her behind jail because she's a meanie anyway. And then they find Billy Connolly just wandering around because they're in Scotland for some reason. And they're like, hey, Mr. Billy Connolly, help us out. Our mother killed a man. But the thing is, they're in Scotland, so they can't do anything because that murder was in America. And so they get frustrated. And when they move back to America, they don't move with their mom because mom decided to change her identity again after murdering daddy. And they went home with the nanny. I'm going to tell you. Um, That's not far off. One of the no, one of the new releases on DVD that I didn't put in our list uh, is a. Or, or maybe I don't know where I saw this. It's got Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. No, it's a, it's a, it's a new. I don't know if it's new, new, or if it was like in the can and they didn't use it until put it out until now. But uh, it has Rosamund Pike as like a murderous woman. That's I think she's going to get ca- she's going to get typecast now. Yep. That's <laughs> after, the crazy after Gone lady. Girl. It's like because the the co- poster or whatever the cover. It's like it's her, and she looks really like kind of you know dirty, and sh- and she's walking down like a like a house hallway, and she's carrying behind her like a hammer, like a mallet. Yeah, put the hammer down. Yeah, so I'm like, oh boy, she's just gonna. That's what she's gonna do from now on. Yep. So with that, uh, let's end the guessing. What's it called? I don't remember. It's, I'm a killer lady. Hammer time. Both of those might be valid. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's it's time to end the show. Oh, return to Sunday. There you go. AKA, I'm a killer girl. Oh no, she's not a killer girl. A uh, nurse living in a small town goes on a blind date with a man who is not the person he says he is. So she's carrying the hammer because yeah, she's defending herself. Yeah, of course she's defending herself. But that means that she's the I'm a kill you lady. Yeah, hey, you got to do what you got to do. I know, but it's just now now that Rosamund Pike when you got to do it did one half half of a horror hey, movie. She was really good in that movie. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But that doesn't mean she needs to do like ten different versions of. She shouldn't be doing horror films. Yeah, no one needs to stoop to that. Level. What I was trying to say. Oh look, we got to end the show. Oh, do we? Yeah. Oh okay. look, we're here. Uh, we're at the end. Um, Listen, uh, we we we're gonna s- try and start using Periscope, maybe. It's yeah, a new, before the new show. app. Uh, so yep. you know, find us on Periscope. Well, find me. Yeah, get down with Periscope. Find on somebody. Twitter. You can also follow me. We'll probably dual Periscope. Oh, boy. So we'll both be Periscoping. Like, like dueling pianos? Uh-huh. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, we'll figure it out. Um, but we did one today, so you can go find that wherever you find those things. On Twitter? Yeah, sure. And uh, Just search by the Twitter name on Periscope. You oh, I think those. next uh, week we're going to drop our bonus episode uh, because of Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Oh, which one? It, all of it. Yes. Because it's just, they're little. So exciting. Tom was here for one of them. Oh. Well, he was in the background. Yeah, I was in the background. Uh, so yeah. we'll do that. We won't have a new review, but it will be new reviews for, for you. you. Yeah. Because you haven't heard those reviews before, but there are films. Excuse me. There are films. <laughs> Boy, that one snuck up on me. Films that are out and about. Uh, so, we'll, we'll, you know, you'll find out when it comes out. And uh, what what are you until the next time? I'm Jordan. I'm Tom. I'm Andrew. See ya.
now here's we're a, talking about that on here okay here's a fun fact fun fact okay so, so i went to uh look on the website to see uh uh you know where people are coming from people are coming from your okay cupid profile to our website yeah i posted it on my profile yeah, i went said, to your profile and you i looked want? and i was like wow he actually put a link and i was, was like hilarious i was like hey if you want to get an idea of the type of person i am my ideas my thoughts about things come watch the show come listen to it now we're watching it. yeah and uh and you can get an idea and uh, also you can hear a great podcast so it's kind of killing two birds with one stone there Discussion. Welcome. Welcome to, to discussion. To discussion. <laughs> Exterminate. Uh, discussion. So, I had mentioned uh, part of the ending. I didn't. I didn't really care for. Yep. Um, which is there, there's something that films do sometimes, where um, uh, which sometimes it works, but uh, it, you know something about there was a recent um, episode in uh, season six of Community. Uh, where they did a whole episode making fun of um, like con artist movies, uh, like scam movies. Yeah, where yeah, they, yeah. Um, and and part of the the thing, of course, uh, if if you know that that show community, you know Abed is uh, the pop culture guy, and he said that sometimes they'll withhold information from e- characters or the audience in order to make something more interesting or better or whatever, and uh, just. Something that it did in this film, in me and Earl and the Dying Girl, was that the Madison. So Earl gets in. Uh, Earl helps Greg when Greg gets into a fight, and then they get expelled. And then Madison asks Greg to prom, and then we see Greg puts on the tux. He's got the the corsage. He gets in a limo. Oh, you don't like that faint? And then he goes to the hospital. And I was like, well, what's going to happen now? And then yeah, he puts the corsage on her. He shows her the video. And then she goes into a coma. Yeah. And I was like, oh, geez. And then I didn't even find, wow. like, the video that he showed was, was didn't, I, I feel like it, oh, I it, loved it, in the way that it didn't have meaning, it didn't have enough not meaning for me. I don't know how to, how to make that make sense, oh, but I, love, I, loved it. I wanted something there that should have been there, yeah. and I feel like they wanted it to be there, but didn't, I didn't see it there. Didn't, like, John Bernthal's character talk about how his dad died, and then he found a lot more about him? Yeah, it's that was that same thing. But that was after. I'm that talking about. Was? God, yeah, I after he goes into her room and finds all the squirrels on the trees and the yeah. and the cut up cut up books, which I thought that was cool. That was really yeah. and cool. I liked how that tied into John Bernthal. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, John Bernthal's he's the best in this film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just like uh, you know, because there's also the repeated refrain where he's like, uh, yeah, she doesn't die, she makes yeah, it. That was really yeah, annoying. she doesn't die, she makes it. And then at the end, oh yeah, I lied. Uh, she went into a coma and she died. Uh, but then I feel like that almost went into a really great joke when he submitted that film to the school and he wrote on there, the last person who watched this film went into a coma and, and died. died. And that was, was like, really good. I was like, that's funny, but that's like, that's really fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know if the character would be in a place where he could make a joke about that or not. I don't Do know. Think... He makes jokes about everything because in the I, entire movie. I also loved how it's his she, defense mechanism. She was able to make the joke where she wrote the letter to the school explaining why he he failed all his classes and she said and if this works then i have powers beyond the grave and i was like that's funny but still it's like this is all super dark i don't know well did i don't know if it's i don't know know if it if it if i mean the humor is funny for us i 
I think in a way, like it, this, this even happened with like uh, uh, that movie Fifty Fifty. It's like you know, oh, this is a cancer comedy, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, I guess it's good to find humor in in those dark, hard places. But I think for a lot of people suffering, right. they they would look at this and go like, but this is not okay an experience. I I feel like you're being a little white privileged when you say that. Boy. Like, no, no, no. Like I, I know like, because you come from a place where you have been in the hospital. You have had and I've had a lot of people die happen. from and you cancer yeah, and old age and. I've been around. So please give me your, a lot. Please give me. Okay. Okay. I, want, I, <laughs> I think. I think. I, I'd love to hear because just for me, don't, it was don't, just kind of. I don't know. I, I know I said white privilege, but that was kind of a joke. Like, yeah. When it comes down to it, it's like able-bodied privilege. It's, I guess, it's, it's which like, is a thing. I'm not going to deny that that's not a real uh, thing. It's like, it's like, it's like making a commentary of being like, I think this is off- offending people, so I'm kind of offended about it. Where I think this or just I don't this know if would I rub people the wrong way. I don't know if if you were in that position, laugh about this. Yeah, but see. You might. I mean, I maybe know. you have to because that's right. all that there is left to do. Okay. Uh, wow. If we're gonna get a little personal here, um, I've spent you like have to get too personal. Well, I've spent years of my life like alone, recovering from surgeries and and all types of stuff. Like not seeing friends and family for long periods of time, hmm. and like one of the main things I learned from all of that, from like all of just the horrible crap that I've been through, um, is that like life is messed up life is dark and it's unfair and like the people who deserve to have everything don't and the people who don't deserve to have uh the things that they do have too much of it and they don't give it to the people who do need it and like if you sit down and you think about that too much it's just going to make you lose hope so like you have to focus on the beautiful things in life and the good stuff Mm -hmm. because Without it, like people lose their urge to keep going, mm. and uh, like I mean, I could go into the, like the whole scientific reason of why laughter and humor and smiling and affection and all that stuff is good for your body because it actually is. Like, mm. there's physical benefits to laughter and smiling and touching another person. Like the actual just having someone touching your skin actually releases chemicals in your body that is good for you. Mm-hmm. And that's not just because we have evolved to the point where uh, our bodies are telling us that we should be around other people for our survival, but because like, like happiness is important. And uh, like laughter is sometimes the only thing you have left. Mm-hmm. And when life is at its worst, like what else do you have? So I think... I think humor in this and in fifty fifty and just in life in general, like it's necessary mm-hmm. because yeah. like there was that one movie I watched called uh <sighs> something Odyssey, that black and white one that I brought up that one time, um, where he's like a a producer, a film uh guy oh, in the twenties. Sullivan's, Sullivan's travels. travels. There yeah. it is, there it is. I, I made the <laughs> wrong connection. And he spends Odyssey. this whole time wanting to make like these dramas and things that comment on life and like things of worth, things that he's going to be remembered by, things that would show up in a Criterion collection, right? Mm-hmm. And his whole career, he's been making comedies and he doesn't see the value in it. He mm-hmm. just sees it as like, no, these people are just laughing at it. There's no worth in this. There's nothing of substance. I'm not making a commentary on the world. I'm not adding to the lexicon of my of my craft. Mm-hmm. And then he spends time in in heartache and 
you know, he's he lives a downtrodden life. He spends time in prison, and he realizes that the films he creates, the laughter, is the thing that keeps people going when they're at the worst parts of their lives, and that it is not only something that he should, you know, make his pursuit in life, but it's something that he should embrace because he's improving people's lives by just making them laugh mm. when they have no other reason to. So that's how I would form a defense about this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I think well, I'm not as mean spirited yeah. as this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I think also I think uh, part of it for me was was uh, plot wise or or I don't know character wise where the the last time that the those two characters had had a scene together they had a very bad fight. Right. And that was that was done. Uh, if if there was any camera tricks, I don't know, but it it seemed like one long take <sighs> where it was just wow. them two going off at going off on each other about you know like why are you doing this like he was there was a point where it seemed like greg was getting mad at rachel because she had cancer getting mad at her for having cancer, and giving up and that was that was uh that was bad and i was like wow this is this, this is, is oof. yeah because he is heavy and he then, ended and up the, being selfish for the first time scene went on for five minutes after that and i was like oh my god we're gonna have to <laughs> deal with all this now and it's like that was really hard and then it, part of me was like so the next time that they see each other this is you know this is the interaction i don't know i feel like Oh, you're talking about in the hospital? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like, because she made it very clear. She was like, I don't want to go to prom. I don't want to have anything to do with that. And then he shows up with a corsage. And it's yeah, like, it's, I it's, feel like she a, would get mad. I feel like based on her reaction from the last time. But see, in uh, that in that scene, we're seeing one character be completely selfish mm-hmm. and the other one be completely selfish, selfless, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And like... For him to be there, even though she told him not to, because she wants him to move on with his life, mm-hmm. like that's the gesture. That's him showing, like, no, this I was wrong. This isn't about me. This is about you, mm-hmm. and I want you to share something that you said you've never cared about. But it was more. It was more than just a prom thing. It was he wanted to show her the movie, and she wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. So, like, he kind of rolled all of these different gestures into one last statement. Do you think his mom knew he was going to the hospital? I'm thinking now in the way that that scene played, and maybe, maybe I think it can be read both ways. When he got into that limo and told the guy the address, that was that was when he no finally one else changed. Knew. Well, maybe yeah. not that he changed his mind, but no one else knew that he was going to the hospital. Maybe I think so. Maybe not even why, his parents. Yeah, because why rent? Why get the, the limo? Because hmm. all he did was write it to the hospital. Yeah. So I think so. I think at that point he had made a decision. No, oh, any further probing thoughts ditto <laughs> can i talk about a couple of the themes because i wrote a lot down here but i felt like it wasn't appropriate to do it sure in the normal review section sure. um i i just i know some of the story didn't work for you guys but i really loved that it kind of focused on like universal themes of like dealing with insecurity of of youth and family like th- when earl was talking about how the reason why he can't have friends is because he feels like his mother's been lying to him his whole life about him being attractive. Yeah. And like, because of that, like he has this distrust of people because he's got this, this view of himself that is not obviously not correct, but he views himself as just someone not worth knowing someone who's not attractive, just someone who just needs to try and the only way he's going to get through life is to kind of like, sneak through it and hope no one notices him because then they'll find out how worthless he is Mm. and like the whole movie is trying to get him to come to terms with the the fact that he has value Mm. and that 
it takes this experience for him to realize that he needs to be hopeful because there's an interesting thing in this in that Rachel is hopeful and he is not mm. and he's healthy and she has cancer. Mm. So you have a character who's hopeful and trying to get through the most horrible thing that anyone can go through, someone who's slowly dying. Mm. And you have a person who's healthy and creative and has friends and has like a wonderful family. And he's the one without hope. Mm. Like, yes, this is me, Earl and a dying girl, but there's a reason why it says me and not his name. Mm-hmm. And not just because it's his narration, not just because he's telling the story, but he's the main character. And mm-hmm. it's about how he changes through this ordeal. And uh, I don't know. I thought the family dynamic was beautiful. Like his uh, Rachel's mom and how she dealt with grief and like how she like wasn't dealing with it. And his his parents like understanding that he is worth and was forcing him to hang out with other people if only to like in the, at the end of the movie I realized that they were making him hang out with her not for her mm-hmm. they were doing it for him mm-hmm. so he could be changed by this whole experience um, and then uh, oh, did you want to say something no that's just like um, I could just feel from like uh, like a like a writing perspective it's like uh, we gotta we gotta get these two characters to hang out how can we do it oh yeah the mom says do it yeah, that, but that's, my mom would totally do that. No, I understood. Yeah, yeah. it felt real in a, in a mom sense, but mm-hmm. it, but at the same time, I was kind of like, yeah, I get it. You have to it's like, a I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blame the film for having to have something kickstart it. You know, because mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been in that corner where I'm like, I gotta. How do you get this? Yeah, just something happens. Don't I worry mean, about it. I learned everything <laughs> about the going. family. Yeah, yeah. I learned everything <laughs> about the family when he, she's like, you're gonna do it, and he's like climbing up the stairs and like slowly crawling to his room, and mm-hmm. I was like. I know what this family's like mm-hmm. already. I get it. Um, and then, like, then later on, we get the idea of like he's protecting himself from the world. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got this idea that he's worthless, and his idea of how to get through it without getting hurt is to diminish and to have like the least amount of connection to anyone, and that he thinks that he's going to be able to get through life without having to worry about anything. Then. Like he's, he can't be hurt by making a mistake if he never makes a decision. Well, that's, that was something that I, I feel like, uh, worked for me in the sense that it takes that teenage movie trope and it says like, yeah, we've got all these different groups, but it's not just like the fact that the groups exist. It's that Greg has named and categorized each entire and every group Mm -hmm. and he has, he has found a way to, he's done his homework to, to interact with each of the groups without offending any of the other groups Mm -hmm. in such a way where it's like, wow, this is so like, it's comical in the sense that like, why would he try so hard to not have to try so hard? Right. It's like, just, just be in a group like right. it's so weird that he would even try and live his life that way and uh but, but that i think that works for the comedy angle i think that works for and especially oh it uh, comes up again i love that great line pissing somebody off when uh when rachel's like what group am i part of and he's like do you really do you really want to know okay you're part of jewish girls subgroup a <laughs> subgroup like, 2a 2a it wasn't even a it was subgroup 2a <laughs> and you're like wait where's 1a yeah. and like to be what and she was like offended and he's like he's like you asked you wanted to know (laughs) it's like yeah that's that's really crazy like that's how his mind works Mm -hmm. like in that sense of like how can i survive this is how i'll survive yeah it's gonna break it down it's just too much but it just felt like so much work but it's like that's 
that's the way that he looked at the world. And he, he mentions it several times throughout the film where he's like, ah, I'm going to have to go through college and then I can't even be alone. Like, I'm going to have a roommate. I'm going to yep. have this and that. And he, um, sees, he sees this connection between people as like this horrible thing. It's like and, a dangerous thing. It's yeah, like something that exactly. will hurt him. And he doesn't want to be hurt in yeah. any way, so he's going to refuse all connection. But he doesn't even mean hurt in like a, a you know a sadness kind of way. He means hurt in like a weird physical way. Yeah, like he's just always afraid. Yep. So much so that it leads to his first fight. We, we've been talking a lot, Tom. What you, yep. You got anything over there? Um. Sorry, I'm breaking it down like straight up yeah. film class style over here. Yeah, I have really nothing to <laughs> add to the whole clicks thing. Okay, and but, then oh, this. Um, but here's a here's a general question. Uh, would either of you want to read the book since you've now that you've seen the film, knowing it also knowing that the screenwriter is the author? Um, I don't know. It's like one of those high fidelity things where you really like it, but do you really want to read the book because it might just be really shitty? And I'm but not saying the book of high fidelity is bad. It's just one of those doesn't sound interesting. Watch some or read some guy going on about how he has relationship problems and he talks about music. It's like. How is that interesting literature? And also, is a, it, it obviously doesn't have a sentence where, and his coworker is Jack Black. Yes. <laughs> like, but it is his coworker. I know, but that in the book, they wouldn't have written that. Oh, yeah, because, yeah. And oh, he sings, on. let's get it on. So, uh, one thing I did dislike is some of his narration. Like, <laughs> finally, we a, get to it. A lot of the narration is pretty good, and I like his commentary thing on stuff because it gives us another view into his character and his personality. But... The fact that he kept lying over and over again is really annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't need you to keep telling us that she's going to survive. Yeah. We don't. Didn't, didn't yeah, he already established at the beginning that this movie, like, killed someone or whatever. Yeah, he said yeah. right at the beginning, I made a movie so bad that someone that uh, someone died or a girl died. I don't right. know how he worded it. And then he jumps in in the middle and goes, oh, but she survived. So I'm thinking, like, someone else dies? Like, yeah. that's what I thought. And I thought, well, that could be interesting, actually. If someone else died, yeah. Someone else died because he made this film. And then that's like, oh, this is, like, a weird effect of he befriended this girl, she got better, and then, but something that he does making that film hurts someone else. Right. It's, it's like a, he couldn't even see that cause and effect coming. Right. But because he's got everything so mapped out, like he can't even see ten steps ahead. That would be mm-hmm. that would be interesting. But no, because she's the unforeseen unforeseen thing. Unforeseen that, <laughs> unforeseen thing by suited dudes who uh, end up making you know making things go awry for him. Yeah, like they disrupt his plan. Like but that it, would be interesting. But and I, like he didn't need to lie. Like mm-hmm. as soon as you introduce like unreliable character uh, narrators, fine. Like. That leads to interesting stuff. Yeah. But don't make my narrator lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Because then I distrust the narrator. I shouldn't mm-hmm. distrust his narrator. I should distrust what the narrator experiences. Like maybe my dis- my narrator has something wrong with him, so they're not aware that they're doing something wrong. Yeah, they're schizophrenic. But, but or... don't make my narrator a liar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I just didn't like that. <clears throat> no, and I think, uh, uh, jumping way back, uh, the the whole idea way of... Way back? of no. Now that was a good... I, no. Oh, Tom didn't like that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were all in agreement for once. <laughs> no. Um, I have my rev- opinions on this recorded somewhere. It is, okay. in fact. Good. Uh, but but the, the idea that is brought up that where when someone dies, that afterwards you can learn a lot of things about them that you oh, never knew when they were alive. Really and I nice. think but at the same time, I, I think... You know, wouldn't that have added, while she was alive, still adept to the character to know that she does those book cuttings? 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I could I, add that she was too insecure to share her feelings okay. with him. Yeah, Cause, yeah. Because I noticed the scissors on her wall, and I thought that was a very interesting. And when the mother tells the story, I was like, oh, that's like there's there there's a lot of details. There was a lot of details just strewn about in the, the background. Yeah. yeah, where you could pick them up. Like, uh, I feel like before they even mentioned that that Rachel was Jewish, I saw the menorah mm-hmm. in the in the house, and I was like, okay, she's Jewish. Like, there's there was a lot of details where it was in the background. It was something. There, like props from uh, Earl and Greg's movies were all over Greg's room, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun to see. Like, oh, there, there's that weird puppet, or oh, yeah. you know, w- there's that weird background from that. There's scene. some visual environmental storytelling, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know, like, I felt like it might have detracted a little bit if we, we learned because I was always asking myself, like, she's in that room for months, like, what is she doing? Do you think that's and when, when you, she drew the squirrels? Or do you think she drew them earlier? I think the squirrels were in a response to her father leaving because mm. that was something her and her father did. Well, because they mentioned, someone mentioned at the f- funeral or the wake or whatever that she ran away and, and hid. Or that in was where park. she was buried. Yeah. Where they buried her ashes in that park where she hid and tried to become a squirrel. Mm-hmm. Which is that, so, and then like, does that feed into the thing of like the moose steps on the squirrel without knowing? In that case, is Greg the moose that steps on her the squirrel? Yeah, I mean, there's layers there that you can is there, is you can that start cursive. You can start making moose and connections squirrel. like that, and uh, uh, like I don't know. I think the squirrel thing was something she did after her father, and mm. then like that's that's what she does to cope with stuff. She does these like complicated like sculptures mm. with paper, mm. and and like finding out that she had all these like hidden depths to who she was and mm. the things she cared about and like that she would put little things like a, a squirrel that was pointing towards the books and stuff like that. Like mm. it became like a little mystery at that point, mm. you know? And we got to see more of her because like I said earlier, this is all from his perspective, right? So there was, it could have very easily, we never learned more than that. So we ended up seeing him learning it and having that connection back to his history teacher. So I dug it. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I think we've reached the end of our discussion. Yep. We went to a lot of places, uh, but we hope that you enjoyed it and, uh, say the word. Come on, Jordan. Suited dudes. There you go. Okay. Say it, say it again. Suited dudes. This podcast is a part of the Benview network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.